My friends, welcome to another uh, intro for the Super Divorce Supercast. It's another another episode where we kind of go off on Comicsgate for a while. We did. We did go off on Comicsgate. It was like we kind of just came into this with no plan, and we turned turns out it was a Comicsgate plan. Imagine that. Imagine that. Just two comic book guys, and yeah, that's kind of well. That's the hot topic right now. It is. That's it's a big hot topic. That's what's going on within the comics community. So, uh, so please look forward to that. And um, what else? Uh, well, we did beer me. We did beer me. And then yeah. we also we uh, stroked Obi Wan's dick for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then it was. I mean, basically the whole episode was comics gate. I mean, that was it. We just kind of. Got, got drunk and well not even got drunk but just we drank some beer and vented about comics gate it's one of those it's easy to talk about though it is easy to talk about there's a lot of points that make sense for it yeah so it's easy to bring up a one topic and be like oh yeah well that relates to this and here's why i feel like this and and whatever i think we could put together like a really well planned and thought out episode of super fanatics all around comic skate probably like explore the beginning of it and sort of the big plot points as we've gone along that might be kind of fun to do well what was the what was the prompt for our first super fanatics back we had a prompt from somebody or something like that it was what it was from obi-wan from obi-wan right That's he wanted to he wanted to know like um what who are some characters that we thought had been ruined or tarnished by forced That's diversity? Right. That's right. So I feel like it would fit well within that scheme if we were yes. just like, we're going to do a, a Comics Gate super episode, you know, and really spend some time yes. on it. That might be kind of fun. Would be. Uh, if it got a decent amount of attention, might get a lot of haters coming our way, but, you know. Haters are still fans. That's true. That's true. They become fanat- fanatical about yeah. hating uh, on us. Yeah. So that's what you can look forward to on this episode. And um, yeah. So here you go. Social media shoutouts, or do you want to do that at the end? We'll just do that at the end. Okay. Please okay. enjoy this episode. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Wait for it. Super divorce. Hey man, welcome to the Super Divorce Supercast. This is Nicholas Villars here. And Bender. We are the Synthpop duo known as Super Divorce. This is another episode of the Super Divorce Supercast. Yeah. Sure is. Yeah. I'm going to open up the show with a segment we like to call Beer Me. Beer Me. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, you want to tell the people a little bit about this beer that we've got? So today we have uh, Arcadia Ales Jaw Jacker. Uh, ale with spices added, cinnamon, allspice, and nutmeg in parentheses. 
Um, established in 1996, handcrafted and bottled by Arcadia Brewing Company, Kalamazoo, Michigan. It is a 12-ounce bottle, and it is 6% alcohol. Real quick, I'm just going to point this out. Yeah. My labels are very crooked. Yes, it See is. That? It's quite crooked. Is yours like that? Nope. Yours? Okay, that's fine. What about <laughs> these? Uh, the top label is ah. jacked up there. Yeah. Well, the top label on mine isn't, isn't perfect, but... Uh, that one's a little better. I'm just going through the six pack here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's pretty sideways. They might wanna, they might wanna pay a visit to whoever's putting these labels on. They might, yeah, because they're jacked. Shouldn't affect the taste of the beer, but uh, you know, looks looks are at least part of it. They are. We, you know, we are here describing the presentation to you. So right. Right, as well as the taste. We're not just here to get drunk. We're here to educate you as well. Exactly. Um, would you like me to pop that open for you? Yeah, sure. I'll play the role of the barkeep. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and... It's not a twist-off. No. So you actually have to have a bottle opener handy. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Just set that to the side there. All right, so uh, cheers. Cheers. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a fall beer right there. Yeah. I like that. That's got a, it's got a good pumpkin flavor. Yeah. Good amount of spices. Mm-hmm. It's quite delicious. Very easy to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Not overbearing. Nope. No, nope. this would be this would be a good uh Halloween party beer. Yes, it would. Uh for sure. Not too heavy to drink all night long, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. It's good. Good choice. It's a good yeah. choice. If you're out and about and you see Arcadia Ale's Jawjacker, uh why not pick it up and give it a try? Um it's got a it's got a smooth, kind of uh, sweet uh, entry, and then you, you get a little bit of bitterness at the end, but it's not too bad. Not too bad at all. No, not at all. Very drinkable. Um, so, speaking of beer, when we were over at Ameristop, I asked, I asked our good brother Alec over there if... Uh, he was able to get any of the beers in that Obi-Wan had reviewed on his YouTube channel. Oh, and is that what you asked him? Yeah. Did you walk over there last week when I wasn't able to make it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I went over there and I I uh, wrote down like every beer that he has reviewed on his YouTube channel so far. And Alec was telling me he was going to ask the vendors right. if anyone would be able to get any of those in. Unfortunately not. But he did say that he knew a customer who comes in who's from Australia, and he had her take a look at the list, and she said that she would bring back one beer for us. Oh, very nice. So. We could always, you know, we, we really could tap Obi-Wan and see if he'll send us some. I don't know what sending alcohol is like, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the restrictions are on that, you know. But. 
Maybe we could do a beer exchange. Yeah. So we could send him an American beer and he could send us some Australian beer. That'd be cool. I'm sure that would be fun. Yeah. But we want if you uh, hear this, get at us about that. Yeah. Get at us about, <laughs> don't at me, but at us about sending, doing a beer exchange for review. We'd love to. I don't know what it's uh, would send. Obi-Wan is the, for those that don't know, Obi-Wan is the super patron, super saint of Australia. Um, easily our biggest fan in the land over there. Yeah, And easily. super cool guy. Always joins for the live chats. Kind of mysterious. Uh, I don't know much about him, but that, I like I like it. I yeah. like it to keep, the, keep it that way. Uh, I mean, I hope we can be friends, but... I, I think it's cool to have a, a slight air of mystery surrounding his existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's just Obi-Wan. <laughs> You'll find out a little bit more about him, I suppose, if if you watch all like the beer reviews. And I whatnot, suppose I, but... yeah, I need to. I still need to, Obi-Wan. If you're listening, I haven't seen him yet. I kind of, not that I don't want to, it's just something that I just have to sit down and like friggin' do it. It's like kind of a slip of the mind. I'm doing other things all the time. YouTube is not my um, typical go-to, like, entertainment source, you right. know, when I'm, like, just hanging out. It's, I always just, like, pop on Netflix or, or as of late, I'm just putting in my own movies. Mm. I'm, I'm not even... Not even you, bothering with streaming right now. Not, not, I mean, not all the time. It, if I have friends over, I'm streaming, you know... Uh, stuff like that but like if I'm by myself and I'm like I'm going to watch something I'm typically putting in something that I own uh, so it's it's just something that slips my mind a bunch but I need to get on his channel and, and watch his videos you need to get on our channel too I need to get on our channel too and watch <laughs> our videos or, or at least join the chats every now and then because that'd be fun to have you, know, you in there I know you know what I need to do is I need to somehow cancel or at least make another uh youtube account yeah because i was signed in for the one live video that we did where from my phone where we practiced right and then uh the next time you signed in to do your live video it kicked me off we can't both be signed in at the same time Mm. so what i need to do is make another profile because i'm not sure that i even know the password or even email associated with my old account yeah uh and kind of start fresh get a new account get subscribed to you get subscribed to obi-wan and then get the notifications going so i can so i can join everybody yeah well i think all you have to do is just make a new gmail account and then it'll give you a new youtube and you'll get like a new whatever google plus no one uses that but right. i think it's it's all connected now if you have a gmail account you have access to all that stuff okay i'll have to or yeah or you can at least sign in with gmail oh yeah. i've got a gmail account i might need to make like a if like a professional account or something i don't know well if you sign into gmail on your phone you should be able to open up youtube and then use that same account i I think. Well, I was considering. At least that's how you could do it on a PC. I'm not sure if it's different on a phone. Yeah, it might. I be. mean, I was considering uh, starting a YouTube for monster movies, anyways. Yeah. So I could 
be subscribing and joining through that channel. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, I'm even logged out of YouTube currently. Let's see. Oh, here, use another account. Perhaps it'll let you sign in there. I am on my phone currently trying to uh, trying to get this going here. Now I can never remember my damn password. Oh wait, yeah, I, I got it. Hold on. Had a new subscriber last night. New watching, subscriber. Watching. Uh, I was playing Star Wars Empire at War. Uh huh. And uh, made it through the tutorial. Oh, see, <laughs> I'm signed in as my old, ugh, like account from high school, and I just want to get rid of it. <laughs> I really just would like to get rid of it. Can What's the name? Attack Zach. Attack 11, Zach? Yeah, 1120. That actually sounds like a good YouTube name. Attack Zach. Hey, this is Attack Zach. Yeah. I you guys, know. make sure you smash that like button. I have two fucking subscribers, so I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Do you have, have you uploaded any videos to Attack Zach? Yeah. Oh, I think so. Hold on. Let's see. Oh, God. Um, how do I Maybe get to my account? From a show? Um, my channel? Yeah. Here we go. Woo! Oh, oh, yeah. Look at those. Those are from when I was in college. Oh, yeah. What are the, what are the vids there? Yep. That's, uh, I think that's, that's it. Uploads. How do I have more than that? Oh, yeah, there is. Nope. Nope. So this is just, this is just my friend spray painting my other friend's bedroom and then these are all clips from uh, a show I played with the the punk band I was in in college oh okay yeah that's it those are all my uploads well, there you go I need to just delete the fuck out of all of them <laughs> <laughs> and they're not bad videos just what well, might be yeah, why not keep them around for uh, history's sake yeah you know I used to have another YouTube channel when I was in college called white v-neck productions and it was just me and my roommate, and he would play guitar, and I would sing stupid songs. <laughs> but like your, were they original songs? Were you no, no, we were covering. Oh, okay. Yeah. White V-neck productions. And then we both wore, get this, white V-necks. Ooh. <laughs> 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 All right, okay, okay. Well, now, while I'm here, while I'm here. So I'm signed in. So here we go, Super Divorce. And we're going to, uh, we're going to, this right here. Subscribe. subscribe and then bong the gong for notifications there you go there we go so now hopefully and you can also head over to obi-wan's yeah and the do you know what hit what hit, what his channel's called obi-wan reviews i believe obi-wan not oni one no actually you know what it might be easier yeah just go to um one of our videos and uh go to one with comments because I think I tried looking up Obi-Wan reviews and nothing came up for it because it's still a pretty small channel. So right. you gotta build your you gotta build your uh, fan base there, Obi-Wan. That's what it's all about. Yep. Um how do I find a Let's video see. with comments? Uh just go to videos. It'll probably be I can tell you one that he's been on. Um Let's see. Maybe uh maybe um looking through we're, we're gonna find one here we're gonna find one so i can get on obi-wan's channel uh, let's see um, um these aren't live videos these are just videos i think some of them are live some of them it are. just puts all of them on here gotcha 
So I know that he's done a lot of live chats. That's the problem. On right. The live ones, he's already been involved. So right. let's see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna find one. Just give me a second. Scrolling, 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 scrolling. Maybe, maybe this one. See if there's a any if comments on there. Comments. Okay, so uh, how do I get to the comments? Just scroll down to the bottom there. It should be ah comment. There he is. See Obi Wan. All right, we got him. Obi Wan reviews. Subscribe. Bong the gong. There, there we go. go. <laughs> he has a video called Bunny Eats My Shoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm officially subscribed to Obi-Wan Reviews. There you go. He's got 29 subscribers. Do I think when I think when uh, I first went to his page, he had like 24. Wow. So. Uneducated beer review. Australian beer review. Love it. I love it. No views. I'm going to be the first viewer. On which one? Uneducated oh, on Australian the, beer reviews. Yeah. Bishop's uh, best. Bishop's best. His little guest spot from Obi Wan. Uh, Bishop's best dark lager. So it's gonna be a pretty long video, so I'll get straight to the beer. There we go. So everybody should follow Obi Wan reviews. That's. O B I dash W A N Obi Wan reviews reviews, and you can tell it's him because his little profile picture is Alec Guinness as Obi Wan Kenobi, which is why I started calling him Obi Wan the first time he appeared in a live chat. Right, right, because, because his uh, his YouTube handle I believe was Hello There. Yes, so what... <laughs> which is excellent. Yeah, so. He became Obi Wan, and he's. I'm. Uh, I feel flattered that he chose to keep the name Obi Wan for renaming his channel. Yeah, Obi Wan it's, it's reviews. Awesome. Yeah, you got. He got a nickname from America. He got. And he's got it. the. He's got the accent. Yeah, you know? it's awesome. So, I, I told him. Americans are suckers for accents. When he first started his channel, and and um, he was putting a few videos up. He was like. Uh, you know, in the live chat, he was like, well, I'll probably just post videos because I don't really like talking on camera. And I was like, dude, Americans love hearing other accents. At the very least, you'll get an American audience because people just love listening to it. Because yeah, what's the guy, the Bard? Oh, yeah, Bard, listen, Bardic Broadcast. Bardic yeah. Broadcast. I listen to him just because he's Australian. Yeah. And he just, yeah. it's just, all, I, I've, <laughs> there have been times where I've been driving and I'll put on a playlist of his videos and like not watch them obviously but just just to hear him talk because yeah. i'm like i like the way you speak <laughs> i wish he did more videos too that's the thing that, that's where like i think that that's the direction youtube's heading in is like live videos every day or yeah. or if not live at least posting something every day right cuz that's how i mean remember how long it took us to get to 100 mm -hmm. and now we're at well after you subbed it's, i think it'd be 173 yeah. So it's like, and that's just been, uh, I think when I started doing live videos every day, we were around one, between 120 and 130. So it's like, that's a pretty significant increase in just like the past few months. 
and that's not spending any money on ads or anything like that. Um, but I think you have to be consistent on YouTube because people will forget about you very quickly. The thing is, though, if you get a good following, I feel like it's it's kind of this deal where people fall in with like just a a few channels, and then they'll be really loyal to those channels mm -hmm. as long as they keep doing what they're doing. Um, so uh, it's it's been fun to to sort of build it up and see how much it's evolved just since we started doing it which was you know i didn't really even know what i was going to talk about at that point it was just like i was reviewing energy drinks and showing <laughs> the progress that i was making yeah. on the floors it was like i'll do something every day yeah and now we've we've gotten some uh, uh a few videos that have done pretty well the robbie rodriguez video has like over 200 views from last week one talking that about butthole. that <laughs> yeah that's weird super weird the crazy thing is is dc still hasn't said anything neither is marvel like they haven't commented really? on it yeah which is like does you he know, work for both yeah does he he has uh he's doing one of the new books for vertigo when they in the new vertigo line that okay. they're relaunching yeah and he's writing it with uh zoe quinn the chick from, oh, right, from right. Gamergate. See, yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's really strange that they're just not even acknowledging it because I think, as I might have mentioned to you, imagine if that picture had been sent to a, a female <laughs> writer or a female artist. Right. It's like, it's it doesn't matter. It's still, you're sending someone an unsolicited nude picture of your asshole on Twitter and it's like you not only that you write for Marvel you created a character that's supposed to be like this role model role model for young girls you know and right. and then you do that and then the company you work for is just like who oh, he sent that to Ethan Van Skyver so right. we're not so going to say anything that's exactly i you know i'm i'm not it's not that i'm not on board with comics gate it's this it's just that i uh, I, st I feel like I still remain fairly uninformed or uneducated about the whole thing. Yeah. But I watched Van Scriver's, Van Scriver's video about the Rodriguez. You sent it to me. Yeah. Uh, so I watched it, and I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck Marvel. And yeah. Fuck DC. Like, of course, I, I was pretty much on that boat anyways yeah basically throwing in all of my money with image mm -hmm. but uh yeah it's it's just very it's i think it's it's an intriguing thing to it's there there's something going on in the comics industry and it's, it's interesting it's really dividing people in yeah, a big way in a big you know? way and like and if i had to pick a side I would absolutely pick the Comicsgate side. The crazy thing is about that too is that the Comicsgate side, they're the ones who are trying to actually have conversations and talk to people who are on the other side of it. Right. Meanwhile, the people who are on the other side are just like, oh no, fuck those guys, they're all Nazis, and it's just like a bunch of white guys. Then you'll have people, like a lot of people posting on Twitter, commenting on YouTube, where it's like, these are actual, like, women. There are plenty of women. There are plenty of people of all different races 
there are transgender people in the comic skate community and they're trying to say no it's not all white people it's it's us too who don't like the way that the big two are treating their their customers and their fans you know and the way that creators are treating their fans by dismissing them and basically saying like oh well if you associate with comics gate then we don't want your money and you can you can just go away and not buy our books anymore you're not welcome to read them basically and it's like that's then again on the comics gate side you have those creators saying we don't care what you believe we may not agree with you, but we'll have a discussion, and if you're giving us money, then we appreciate you spending that on our creations, right. which is how it should be. It shouldn't be like, I disagree with you, so don't buy my shit. Like, how insane is that? Yeah, I don't know. I The only, the only thing that I can kind of like relate to maybe coming close with all of this is I did have a big discussion with my sister a while back and her boyfriend about how uh, I felt like it's completely unnecessary to be all this all this uh, forced diversity in comics, you know. And my whole stance was like what we've talked about before. Like, it's it's not effective if you're forcing it. Right. And it's just going to go back to the way things were anyways. So, like, instead of doing that, why don't you create new characters or why don't you, you know, focus on people or whatever it is, you know. And my sister's stance was kind of like, yeah, well, at least they're trying. And I was like, yeah, but it's just you're doing a disservice to the fans. And she was like, yeah, but they're trying to get new readers. And I was like, but new readers aren't they're not it's not happening like that yeah people aren't going to the comic shop and being like oh my god like when they change things uh and based on the movies like that doesn't mean that everyone who went and saw the movie is going to start fucking reading guardians of the galaxy like it's still a niche market it's still a niche market and but and then she's like well but they're just trying to get new readers and they're trying to be diverse they're trying to be inclusive it's like yeah but it it doesn't it's not increasing your fan base to the point where you need to keep doing it like forget it go back to the way it was and service your people that have been fans for 30 years Stop renumbering. Stop, you know they gave Venom wings the other day. Really? Venom has wings now. He's like, a dragon. Like symbiote wings? Yeah. So it just one day realized it could he's form got wings. wings. Yep. He's got wings now. So why... It's true form or some bullshit. Why didn't he just have wings from the beginning then? Yeah, who fucking cares? I don't know. Like, my, you know, my friend Corey posted about it on Facebook and I saw it like prior to him posting about it but he was just like does it look stupid yeah it looks stupid and it's just like oh okay it's like the fifth issue of the venom solo comic and now he's got fucking wings and it's just like doesn't matter marvel's gonna erase it in like a year anyways yeah don't like let's not forget that like a year ago venom was part of the guardians of the galaxy and he was a space knight venom space knight what happened to that 
Why not flesh it out? Why not make him a member of Guardians of the Galaxy and keep the way he looked? He had a different, he had a whole different look to him, because the symbiote like adapted to be in space or like whatever. I don't know. Do that, but no, that was like a couple issues, and then they were just like, "Oh, J.K. Secret Wars," mm-hmm. and then they restarted everything. Well, the thing is, is Comic Skate is not just about the diversity issue. It's about the fact that that a lot of what the big two are putting out is just garbage. Yeah. It's like they've got people on the hook who want to have the full collection. So they go to the comic shop week after week and they buy this stuff and they bring it home and it's like the artwork is subpar, the stories are subpar, there's the forced diversity issue where it's like they're just implanting characters into roles that have already been established thinking that it's going to take. It's like, you know... It's like trying to uh, perform, um, you know, like a, a, some sort of surgery, you know, um, giving someone a new kidney and it, it doesn't, it just doesn't, the body rejects it. You know, it's already, it knows what it needs. Right. And it's and, like part, a good example, I think, uh, of that forced diversity like that is when you run Death of Wolverine. And then you start a new Wolverine book with X-23 as Wolverine. Classic suit, you know, but it's... I don't I don't know her name, but it's X-23. You know, she's only got two claws and whatever. You run all new Wolverine for like a year, maybe two years. And then guess what? Wolverine's back. Guess what? X-23 has her own book now. It's like... Just let her be Wolverine. Yeah. From now on. Or don't do it at all. Right. Or just let her have stayed X-23. And give her her that own was, book. Because that was her character. Yeah. That's who she was. She didn't have to become Wolverine. No. You know? That and, that character is... That character is... is it's Logan. It's Logan. It's period. never not going to be Logan. If, right. if you just ask someone who's Wolverine, they're never going to say, oh, it's X-23. It's it's Logan. That's who Wolverine is. Um, just and, and so just, yeah, kill Wolverine and then just fill the void with an X twenty three book. Laura, her name's Laura. Mm. Fill the void with a Laura book. Like ironically, uh, something that uh, might be a bit of trivia here. Ethan Van Skyver actually created the X twenty three character and pitched it to Marvel when he was working there in like really? the late 90s or early 2000s only her name was X32 and he had a reason for it um but at the time they they turned him down and said no we don't think that sounds like something that we want to bring into the Marvel universe for god's sake and then tw- once he went and started working at DC he like saw one day it's like oh there's going to be a new character unveiled for Marvel called X23 and it was like a female version of Wolverine and he was like, oh, yeah, that's the thing that I pitched to them. They turned down when he was working there. So, you know, for all this, for all the talk about Ethan Van Skyver being a misogynist who, like, hates women, he's a Nazi. And it's like, no, he, if you like X-23, he's the one who came up with that character. Right. So, you know, a little something there. But just, the only thing, the only thing I'll say is that based on a single video, Based on a single video, and it's not that I don't support him, uh, and I think that all the anything being said to him is wrong. 
you know, I'm sure he's not that way. Um, I think he comes across like a little intense and it probably makes people uneasy as, and it makes, it probably makes them feel as if they're being accused, even though that's not what he's doing at all. He just, he has a bit of an intensity when he does his videos, especially when he's doing ones like the one you sent me that have to do with comics gate and like being yeah. attacked and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's the only thing that even listening to it, I was like, I would catch myself being like, oh, I don't know. You're kind of an asshole. <laughs> and then I'd be like, no, he's not like, he's not, he's cool. Yeah. He's saying, tons of factual things he's just defending you know himself and his beliefs and his beliefs are good beliefs he's not a nazi he's not you know he's not a misogynist he's not any of these things people are calling him but it's just kind of i like i said i caught myself based on his tone yeah having to be like no that's not what he's saying yeah just well, think that was, about it it's like not all of his videos have that tone right not anymore, all, i'm but sure it's like I think that's you're amped up because a fellow professional just sent you a butthole photo on Twitter and you know, and nothing is happening to him. And it's like, and he's working at right after Marvel fires or Disney fires, James Gunn for some kind of bullshit. Obviously he's associated with Marvel. Yeah. They're, you know, essentially one in the same. So you get Robbie Rodriguez who works for Marvel, who's owned by Disney tweeting butthole pictures and he doesn't get fired. I'm uh, what? Yeah. It's like, I feel like not only that, but they haven't even said anything. Yeah. And then another thing that's surprising about it is that he's just gearing up to do this book for DC when he's been working for Marvel, I think exclusively for at least several years now. Uh And he's working on this new book for DC. And that was like where Van Skyver worked for, you know, almost the past until he left, I would say like the past 15 to 20 years or something like that. So he's like a veteran. He was very well respected and has earned that over right. the years. And then you have this guy who's fairly new to the game, just disrespecting you that way over the internet. And it's like, and he, you know, he said that he wasn't going after him. He's like, I'm not going to go after your job. I'm not talking to people at DC to have you fired. His response was to open up Cyberfrog again and take pre-orders for another week. Right. So it's like, you can accuse him of whatever you want to, but it's like, I feel like a lot of people in that situation would have just been like, oh, well, I'm going to have your job today. Right. And, and he didn't. He's just like, I'll let them deal with it. It's like, I don't work for those people anymore. So. Exactly. Yeah. I, and, you know, and thinking about it, like, like, like I said, I throw all of my weight behind image um, the only Marvel book I buy is Moon Knight because it continues to be excellent. And it's, you know, I, beyond anything, like, Moon Knight's easily the best book on shelves right now for Marvel-wise. Anyways, but beyond that, it's, like, exclusively Image. And that entire company is was founded by people who abandoned dc and marvel yeah so and that was back in the 90s right so it's obviously not gotten any better since then 
Well, I feel like it went, it, it got better for a while and it's kind of slipped backwards here. And, uh, you know, all the stuff with customer relations and, and then, you know, there's just replacing characters that, that people have already grown attached to in certain forms. Um, like I've said before, it wouldn't make any sense to me if they made Black Panther a white guy, like, no. or, or an Asian guy. It's or like, anything like it's already we already know who that is we don't right. need a new black panther it's like no. create new characters but then they'll come out and they'll say well those characters are so well established it's really tough to create new characters it's like yes it is how many characters in comics since comics began have achieved the level of superstardom and renown that the ones you know off the top of your head uh like how many of how many of those um, how many characters characters have been tried out and failed compared to how many have succeeded? It's not easy. No one said it's going to be easy. Right. Why should you get to piggyback off off the shoulders of this character who's already established, established who people have grown to love in a certain way? I'm not saying there's no room for experimentation or or evolving a character, but to just say, okay, well, you know, Thor, well. Uh, actually, the whole time, Thor wasn't the person, it was just the title. So now there's a new Thor, and it's a lady, yeah. and Thor isn't Thor anymore. He's just like a guy who's been disgraced, and uh, he's wandering around and searching for a name or something like that. It's like, that. no, you can't do that. Right. That Especially that character. That character is based off like a, a mythological character. Right. Who's grounded in stories that are thousands of years old, and you, you think you're going to come in and just get people to accept that? Oh well, uh, no, that's not that's not who that character actually was. It's it's actually this person now. No, it, it doesn't matter what their gender or color is. If you're dealing with a previously established character, um, people are not going to accept you just swapping that character out for someone else who's yeah, more diverse what? and then Thor is Thor again. Yeah, exactly. Because the sales don't keep up. Like any book, the number one usually does really well. But then check back in on issue fifteen and see what's going on. Does anyone care? For anymore? Marvel nowadays, check back in on issue five. Yeah. True. And, and it's probably fucking dropped off like you know, you're you, you come out with a number one, and by issue five, it's a sinking ship. Yeah. Because they're not concerned about telling good stories anymore. No. They, they, like, they want the attention and the buzz of doing something revolutionary, revolutionary with a character. People are like, oh, did you hear about this? This new book? Oh, number one's coming out next week. They all rush out. They get that. They've got the number one. And then they don't go to the comic store the next time the issue comes out because they're not invested in it. No. They don't care. They're they're not really fans in that sense, and so it's uh, they're basing they're basing this approach on the the faulty assumption that the most important thing about the character is either the color of their skin, or their sexual orientation, or their gender. It's like when you start telling a story, none of those things really matter anymore. That's not why people go and read comic books. It's not why they go and buy them. People go and buy these books 
these ongoing tales because yeah. they hopefully get invested in a story that's being told across time and you can't drag out a story about someone's skin color or who they want to have sex with just on the very surface level right. where you're trying to like hook people in by being like hey you're represented now you know we've got a gay character or we've got a we've got a trans character in our book now it's the main character okay you might get the trans community to come out and buy your book but still, it has to be a good story. Right. And it's not usually. Right. So then, no one cares. Second issue, third issue, it's abandoned. Like you said, it's a sinking ship after that. Yeah. And then what does Marvel do? They retcon it and bring back the original character. Riri Williams taking over for Tony Stark as Iron Man. A super cool. Oh, a young black girl is going to be Iron Man from now. She's going to be Iron Heart. Tony Stark is going to basically be Jarvis from now on. He's Iron Man again. I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> I can tell you, Tony Stark is Iron Man. Yeah, and Iron Man's Tony Stark. Yep, that's it. And and the only way that this that a transition would ever work is if you did it within the context of a story. Across a long period of time. Yeah. I'm like off the top of my head, I can think of a scenario. Well, they've, they've done it before, you know, when Dick Grayson took over as Batman and yeah. it's not like there was a huge outcry against it. I mean, I, people were still pissed off some fans right. because they wanted Bruce Wayne, but at least it was like within the context of the story, it, it made enough sense. But even with that, Bruce Wayne's Batman again. Yeah, you know, in Batman. So, I feel like that stuff never really sticks because the only time you can really do it, it makes sense. You know, I haven't read it all, but like, think about Nightfall. In Nightfall, you know, Bane comes in out of nowhere and cripples, literally cripples Bruce Wayne, leaving Gotham City without a Batman. And I don't know if he's the only one, but I do know that who takes over. Asriel becomes Batman for a while. And it's like you have pages and pages and pages where Asriel is fighting and Batman is just like in a bed. And but eventually he heals and and retakes, you know, his his mantle. But still it's like yeah, that makes sense. Somebody else being Batman because Batman got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. And it's just like but if they wanted to replace him, Bane could have killed him. I don't know. It's it's just like... Uh, they're rushing it. You're right. Like, the biggest... The big thing is, like... Um, you... These changes are happening out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like for a news headline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, starting two weeks from now, starting a month from now... Uh, Iron Man's going to be a black girl from now on for 15 issues, really. Realistically, for 15 issues, Iron Man's going to be a black girl. So there you go. Ta-da! Look what we did. Check it out. And I just, again, I don't know how people don't see through that and how they don't see that as condescending because it's like, well, we don't want to take the time to develop a character for you, but we'll give you this for a little while. Aren't you happy because we're making... Iron Man a, a black girl 
you, look, you're represented now. And it's like, yeah, but putting myself in putting myself in the shoes of a black person, I might be like, I know what's going to happen. This book's not going to stick around. Right. So then no, I'm I'm not really being represented. But here. they're just doing that to get new fans. They're trying to trick people into being like, "Oh, Iron Man's a black girl now. Maybe my daughter should read this." Yeah. And then they they get people to buy 10, 15 issues of a comic and then they fucking change it again hoping that those people that have come in just for the diversity are going to stick around when they get rid of the diversity. And people aren't doing it. No. And in the process, you're losing longtime fans. Yeah, because you're saying that, you know, oh, well, if you care that, that Iron Man is Tony Stark, like if it bothers you that we've, that we've made Iron Man someone else, then, you know, maybe comics just aren't for you anymore. You're just a racist now, and you shouldn't be reading comics anyways. If that bothers you, then maybe you should just go away. It's like, no, you're not taking into account how many story arcs these people have been through with this character. It's like burned into their mind. You can't just, you can't just say, well, that's done now. It's like, why? It's not, it's not like the actor, it's not like movies where, Maybe the actor who played this character so well for 10 years has gotten too old and now you have to recast someone. It's like you could keep writing Iron Man, Tony Stark books for all time if you wanted to because it's just you're drawing pictures. Right. You know, that never has to change, really. I mean, if you were if you were uh, dealing with the real world, then, yeah, eventually you have to recast. You have to figure out what you're going to do about that. At the very least... um, you have to find a different actor at some point to play like an action hero because people get too old and it's not believable anymore. But, you know, when you're dealing with comic books, look at all the main characters that you know. And it's like, uh, obviously not just not just men, but since Storm appeared, it's been Aurora. And she's about the same age now in comics that she was when she debuted, like whatever, in the 70s. Right. And uh, the same for any other character who's who people love. It's like look back at the way they uh, look at them, like how they were drawn in the beginning, what age they were. They're probably presented as that same age now. Yeah, you know that's another thing. Like they're trying. You know, another example of like the forced diversity is that you're going to change Wolverine to a woman. You're going to change Thor to a woman. You're going to change Iron Man to a woman. Instead. Of focusing on the fucking women characters that you already have. Why doesn't Storm have her own book? She's just as well known as any of the other X-Men. So write a book for Storm. A fan favorite, too. Yeah. I mean, even She's as in like, all the movies. And, and here's the crazy thing. Is like, as a young boy, um, I thought Storm was badass. You know? And it's not like I could only ever connect with characters who I felt represented me. Right. It's like, um, okay, there are plenty of characters that I could look at as being uh, representatives of me as a white male. You know, Professor X is a white male. Right. But who's cooler and who did I think was a better hero, Professor X or Storm? I thought Storm was cooler than Professor X. Professor X, he's a white guy. But he's just riding around in his little fucking chair, you know. Meanwhile, Storm can conjure up a storm, and 
her eyes turn white and there's like fucking lightning, lightning going off yeah. and wind and she it's can like bring tornadoes at will like, yeah so it's like that's another thing that i'm questionable of is this concept that representation is the most important thing because it's not like whenever you watch something you can only connect with a character who looks exactly like you or you can only pull for a character who looks exactly like you or feels the same way you do or has the same outlook on life as you like right people can you know that and that's that's the misconception is that you can only support something that's within the same small circle you belong to like just because you're gay doesn't mean you can't support a straight character and vice versa just because you're straight doesn't mean you can't support a gay character right it's just like you you have to let people find connections with characters based on the stories you tell not by the color of their skin or their sexual orientation or like whatever it's but it's but what they what they do what their actions are. Well, I feel like who that they was, are as people. At one point, that was what the whole civil rights movement was about. And that would have been what social justice was about, where it's like, don't look at me and and think that the color of my skin or my sexual orientation or my gender is the most important thing about me because it's not. It's really one of the most inconsequential things about a person when you get down to yeah. it. Because of those of women, of men, of gay people, trans people, people of color. That doesn't tell you shit about a person. Take a group of gay people, and within that community, you've got people who will literally span the political spectrum, people who span the religious spectrum, people who are good, people who are shitty. Uh, it's all over the map, you know? The, but this this game that, that, you know, I would say the modern left tries to play where it's like all about identity politics. And it's like, let's pick out the most base, inconsequential thing about you and act as if that's the most important thing about you. Right. And and try and build a movement around that. And and then tell anyone within that community uh, who's not who's not adhering to whatever the narrative is. So in this case, we're talking about Comicsgate, you know, we'll, we'll say that like, oh, um, you know, if you're a black person in Comicsgate, then you don't really belong to the black community. You're just, you're the token black guy within Comicsgate uh -huh. who the white people are looking at and saying, oh, see, there's a black guy over here. We're cool. And, and so you can't win. Right. Because, but how fucked up is that where it's like, they won't even let you be an individual. If you're part of the group and you break away from it and you say, you know what, I don't agree with this little narrative that everyone's come on, coming up with. I don't think that because I'm a black person that I have to be a Democrat, let's say. Um, if you say that, then it's like, oh, well, you're not welcome here. You've joined the enemy's side and there's not even anything that we can talk about anymore. Uh, that, to me, seems racist. Because you're saying, because of the color of your skin, you automatically have to have these opinions. And right. if you don't, then you're not welcome. That's racist. Yeah. That's racism. Not, not allowing individuals the personal dignity to decide for themselves what they believe and who they want to associate with. So. Yep. Yeah.
fucking stupid. It is. It's like a reverse civil rights movement. It used to be, don't pay attention to my co- my skin color. Don't pay attention to my sexual orientation. Don't pay attention to my gender. Pay attention to how I live my life. And now, exactly, we're all focusing on this on on your skin color, on your gender, on your orientation. That's what makes you you. It's like, no, it doesn't. My actions are what make me me. Right. And they're reflecting the the base policy in comics and you're losing story, you're losing character, you're losing a reason to care. And so because they're I'm not out. Yeah. And they're losing a lot of people because of it. And because when you used to go to the comic shop, you wanted... What you cared about as a comics fan was cool artwork. At least when you're buying superhero books, you want action. Yeah. You want epic stories on like a massive scale. You know, there have always been kind of like niche indie titles. Uh where, you know, oh, well, this is going to be a book of nothing but people sitting down and having a conversation over coffee. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, that that stuff's been there. And it, sure, it can have its place. But comic book fans don't, like superhero fans, don't want that in their books. They no. don't want to open up and read, you know, half a book, um, you know, just describing a person's uh, mundane day to day right uh they want they want action they want it drawn well they want stories that are compelling and it's like if you ask for that well uh you're just uh you're obviously not woke enough to understand what comics are about now you know you don't want comics to be diverse you want it to be all about you no i just i want them to be good yeah i just want comics to be good so it's like when when you've got these comics gate indiegogos popping up that people are donating to in droves because they can see the art beforehand, they can hear the pitch, you know, where the the creators telling people what the story is going to be about, you know. Um then these these campaigns are coming out and like blowing away what most of the mainstream books are doing in sales. Yeah. And it's all going to the creators and then those books are going directly to the consumers. So you completely cut out the middleman. And it's like you don't even need Marvel or DC anymore. Right. And I think there's that that's like causing them to scramble. And that's why they're trying to paint these people as being like Nazis. And they're all alt-right. Even though that it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, it's just, uh, just name-calling. Um, because I think they're frightened. Yeah. They, see them, they see themselves being phased out. And it's like... Oh, what are we gonna do? You know, what right. if all of our creators figured out that they could just start opening opening up Indiegogo campaigns and like, what does Marvel even need to do at that point when you can just go directly to your to your customers, right? Build relationships with them like one on one, ship them their books, and then you're like, maybe not putting out a comic every week, but um, given the choice of paying. $50 a week at the comic shop for a stack of books out of which there might be one good one. If I could do that, or I could pay $50 once a month 
for a book that's going to be sent to me directly from the creator that I've, I've like seen a pitch about that I've seen the artwork from and that I'm excited about, I'll do that. Yeah. You know, that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I hope that it, uh, I hope that these, like the comic skate community is able to get their books into comic shops. Eventually. I know that like, Diamond has been in touch with Van Skyver about distributing, like, after Cyberfrog, like, the campaign's over with, eventually getting Cyberfrog in comic book shops. But, uh, you know, some comic shops are taking a stance against Comicsgate. And they're like, well, we're not going to stock those books here. And it's like, fine. Whatever. That sucks we'll go for to you. a shop that does. Yeah. And do you think that you can... Do you think you can afford to make that statement when... I think last year, it was like, it was around a hundred comic shops closed last year. Mm-hmm. And so, if that's the game you want to play and you want to turn these people away, then fine. But. I went to a super cool comic shop in uh, Pittsburgh last weekend, this past weekend. Um, I went out to. Pittsburgh with a, a lovely lady named Jenna and we went to a comic shop called Ives and uh, it was three stories. Wow. And it was bad ass. It was called Ives? Yeah. Uh, the first floor was um, movies and toys and vinyl and posters and all kinds of cool, you know, just cool stuff. And the top floor was more movies and uh, VHS and books, like like actual books and all kinds of shit. And the bottom floor uh, was all comics, and they had like they had those those comic racks where they it was just like a sea you know of comics but then all of the containers had drawer two drawers that you had to pull out so there were just i mean countless countless comics in this place and they had they had you know cgc stuff and they had rare books and they had graphic novels and they had toys and it was a fucking cool shop well something you can speaking of cool comic shops like if you have a comic shop near you um, and you're kind of worried about all these comic stores closing because the you know the major companies aren't putting out good material right now yeah um, this isn't really something I thought about you know and I feel like I should have I feel like a dummy for not considering it because I've worked in in pre-owned media before but it's like if you want to support your local comic shop go and buy back issues yeah. Because that money is like going right in their pockets. That's, I mean, they paid out for those books, but the profit margin on pre-owned stuff is so large compared to what people are making on the new books that right. come in. It's like if you go and and spend ten to twenty bucks on on pre-owned comics, and you're picking up, you know, just a random arc of the X-Men from like the '90s or something like that, just for fun, just to read it, you know. Uh, which I think is is like, it's almost like a lost art. I feel that I hope people rediscover, and this might be a good thing actually, that the the major companies 
have hit this slump where it's like they don't really care about stories anymore. So it's going to allow comic fans to maybe explore this option where it's like, well, I'm just going to go in and I'm going to sift through the back issues and I'm going to find some comics with like cool covers, you know, and I'll find like five or six that just are sitting there in a run together. And it's right. like, well, sometimes it'll say part one of blah, 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 or new arc begins here right. or both like look for comics that have that on the cover or if you just like the cover, yeah. because I've bought comics just for the cover art before. Yeah. You know, it's like something that I heard. Well, you've heard people talk about back in the day, going to the record store and you'd flip through and just buy records because the cover looked cool. It's kind of the same idea here, yeah. but a lot of times when you go in and you're looking at back issues, it's like they're only selling them for like a dollar or two. Mm-hmm. But that money is still going like right to the comic shop. Right. And they, they maybe only paid like 10 cents a piece for these things. So it could be a good way to, to help out your local store. Um, yeah, I the only back issues, I would, I would buy more back issues. Uh, the only back issues I'm currently searching for are mark specter moon knight issues uh it was a 60 issue run and i'm about 10 away from being complete maybe a dozen a dozen away i'm being complete but i mean that could be a cool thing to do on super fanatics too mm-hmm. is just go out to whatever comic shop and and find yeah. like uh each of us find like a different story arc mm-hmm. in the in the bargain bins and the back issues and be like, Oh, we're just going to read this and then tell you guys about it. Because if you pick randomly, you're probably going to stumble upon something that no one else has talked about. Right. Yeah. I did. uh... I was going to say something. I don't know. I did find some, uh, some Mark Spector issues that I have. I don't have at, Ives in uh, Pittsburgh, but uh, I didn't pick them up because I had already I had already spent money on some movies. But still pretty cool. Uh, it's fun to hunt for, you know. Um, I'd be down to go check out a run of something here and there. I think it'd be fun. I'm I'm reading the the DN Agents book. Yeah, made my way further into that. I'm enjoying it and. I started the Road to Metal as well. I don't know about that. The Batman book. Oh, okay. Like lead up to the mm-hmm. metal arc. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So. I haven't read a bunch lately. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm such a loser. I'm really just so stoked on Saga, mm-hmm. which is a prime example of a comic that has diversity and doesn't make a fucking big deal out of it. I mean, you know, it's just not even a, who can't, like, every character they introduce doesn't fucking matter, you know? Some of them are black, some of them are white, some of them, some of them have horns, some of them don't wear clothes, like, it, they're just characters. It's just a good-ass book. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm such like a saga mark that I have barely read anything else, and they're on a break forever, so that sucks. But speaking of Mark, they did the uh, All In event. Had you, had you heard about that? No. The wrestling event that was uh, put together by the Young Bucks and Cody Cody mm-hmm. Rhodes. Okay. And it was um, it was like all 
not independent well independent compared to the wwe like no wwe guys were there yeah but they sold out a ten thousand seat arena and did a pay-per-view for it and it was like you know guys from new japan and ring of honor and a bunch of other promotions came in and it was just like not really a part of any particular brand storyline it was just they did this promoting it by saying we're going to bring in a bunch of your favorite wrestlers from the indies and we're going to do a pay-per-view of our own uh-huh. and we're going to try and sell out a 10,000 seat arena and when they announced this people were like oh uh, if it's a non WWE event, there's no way that they're gonna they're gonna get ten thousand people in there. Uh-huh. And then I think it sold out within like a few hours when the tickets went on sale. And the Young Bucks put it on, like they organized it. It was the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. And Cody Rhodes. And they were the ones who like produced the entire thing and like put it all together. And it sold out. I think they ended up uh, releasing the attendance and it was like eleven thousand two hundred and something. And, yeah. And it was just like. You know, uh, what's his face? Dave Meltzer and um, his the guy who does the uh, pod or yeah, their podcast with him, Brian Alvarez. <clears throat> he said it was like the best weekend of wrestling that he's experienced in years, and was like of the most fun. I'm just so like, glad. Like I'm so glad. Uh, uh, if you guys don't know, and I'm you know I only learned this recently, but Dave Meltzer is like the end-all be-all reviewer for wrestling yeah just period he's just been doing it longer than anyone else and he's he did it before anyone thought it was cool yeah and he's probably the most respected yeah not even probably like he is the most respected voice in wrestling review so i just love that he said it was the greatest thing ever yeah. like yeah that's cool and Jericho showed up in the main event. Really? And attacked Kenny Omega. Oh, my God. So it, set, it probably sets up another match between those two. Because he went to Japan to wrestle Kenny, right? Yeah. That's cool. And then he won New Japan's Intercontinental Championship a few months ago. Oh, did he? Jericho did. Like, no one saw that coming. Because they figured that it was going to be, like, another one-off match for him against uh, a guy named Tetsuya Naito. Uh-huh. And so he went, and, and that guy was their champion, and he beat him, and everyone was like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> like, and Jericho tried to pitch to Vince McMahon a match for SummerSlam where he would have come to the WWE, and and it would have been him as New Japan's Intercontinental Champion versus Seth Rollins at the time, who was uh, WWE's Intercontinental Champion. Uh-huh. And he wanted to do, like... a an intercontinental champion versus intercontinental champion match at SummerSlam. Right. And he was like, Vince was like really excited about it at first. And then he just never contacted me again. And then just like, once again, you know, it's almost like the same thing with Marvel. Like there's just this, this indie underbelly. Yeah. That's like, hello, we're here. You should probably treat us with a little bit of respect. Exactly, because you're seeing now, like, if you don't, there are now ways for independent creators to make probably more money than they would if they were actually working for the bigger companies. Yeah. You know? It's like that event that they did, uh, the Young Bucks and Cody, selling out a 10,000-seat arena, not even put on by any 
promotion in particular. Right. It wasn't like New Japan Pro Wrestling Presents. It was just called All In. And that was the name of the pay-per-view. And it was like a bunch of wrestlers. It was like, we're all in on this, you know. And that was like the theme of it. They were just getting together to put on a great show for wrestling fans. And it sold out. Imagine that. Yeah. You know? Imagine that. <laughs> and they called it a wrestling show. They didn't call it sports entertainment or any of that stupid shit that they right. they like don't let them say wrestling and WWE. It's sports entertainment. It's yeah, not professional yeah. wrestling. Who, who fucking cares? It's like no one says sports entertainment. You don't ask anyone, hey. Do you uh, watch sports entertainment? Yeah. No, man, I watch wrestling. Exactly. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> Even people who like are very casual about it. No one calls it sports entertainment. Not a person. Yeah. Do you know the sports entertainer, The Rock? What? Sports entertainer? What do you mean? You mean the wrestler, The Rock? Right. That's what they would say. That's that's how everyone knows it. That's what it is. That's like that's like another example of what happens when you try to force something onto an already established concept. Yeah. We've already got a name for this. It's professional wrestling. I don't care if you're embarrassed by it, Vince. That's what it is. That's what people know it as. You're not going to force this new term onto people and have them accept it. Right. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, so we have a show coming up in a couple weeks. We do. Yeah, we do. Two two weeks. Not this weekend, but next weekend? Yeah. Yep. Playing with One Day Steady and Mission Man. Mission Man. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Should we, should we like, practice today or something? Uh, as long as your kid's not asleep? <laughs> we'll have to see. I'll have to see what's going on here. Yeah. Because I, I probably have to eat soon, too. Oh, that, too. But I need to eat, too. Perhaps we can get together in, in the week. Yep. Um, what else? Anything, anything else of note to get in here before we... I don't think so. I mean, it's my birthday today. This whole thing was a birthday cast. Oh, I didn't... Well, happy birthday. Thanks. I'm terrible. It's fine. Didn't even realize. It's today. Well, you know, the problem is I didn't get on Facebook to have well, Mark you're Zuckerberg Well, you don't me. even follow anybody on Facebook anyways. I know, so I wouldn't... Yeah. No, I know. Well, I'm here with you now, so happy birthday. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> the only well, one that said happy... No, not the only one that said it in person, but still, I appreciate it. What yeah. uh, What number is this now? 29. I or just... It's like... 20 fine, as 29. my friend Michael says. 20 fine. I just... Uh, I guess I feel like after... After 21, it's like no one gives a shit until 30. 25 i mean kind of that's like that's a, like the last you have 21 which is your big like i can drink now yeah and blah blah, blah. and then 25 is your big like quote unquote i'm an adult now yeah so like 25 is kind of a big deal but like after that it's like who fucking cares so you hit 30 you're 30 after 30 then it's like 40 then it's like every yeah you hit 30 and then it's every 10 years is a 40, big deal 50 but even after 50 it's like Oh, you made it to 60? Yeah. It's like, that's... Congratulations. Yeah, that's not even a big deal. It's almost like once you get to 50, for a huge celebration, you'd have to make it to 100. 100, yeah. 
90, I think 90 is a pretty big deal, but 100 yeah. is like, whoa. Yeah. You already did this once. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So So I'm I'm sorry I did not realize off the top of my head. But it's happy birthday anyway. Thank you. Jess's birthday then is just uh two days from now. Two days. Yep. September sixth. Thursday. So I remember. Alright, well, uh Yeah. That's uh that's an episode for you, so hang around for the outro. Yep. So there you go. That was another episode of the Super Divorce Supercast. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully while you're here you will uh, like and subscribe and all that jazz and um you know, if you want to follow me on social media, you can look me up. I'm mostly on on Twitter these days, uh, at Nicholas Villars. Really, I've just been using the Super Divorce Twitter for most things because it's like, why switch back and forth? I don't know. It's Right. It's not like... it. I feel like if you were, if you were using Twitter a lot, then yeah. I might take the time to differentiate, but... Right. Uh, but I'm I not. Just, I don't. So it's like I'm just I'm speaking, I'm speaking for myself on Twitter. Through if super I, divorce. Through super divorce, and if I ever say anything that you take issue with, just know that it was me. Yeah, and, it's Nick. Uh, and and whether or not Bender agrees or disagrees with me, then that would be something you'd have to consult with him about. You'll probably have to listen to the podcast uh, to 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 figure it out, or at me on twitter i'll never respond but you can try anyway. you can try and add him yeah you can you can follow me i if if i have i just feel like i don't have enough followers to post noteworthy content but i'm also just like never fucking on it so who cares uh if you'd like to follow me on social media don't follow me on twitter but do anyways and uh but most prevalently uh you can follow me on instagram at bender also, head on over to Facebook and type in Monday Monster Movies in the search bar. Like that page because that's a horror review show that I do with my mother. And uh, she thoroughly enjoys it. So you can watch our videos and stuff. Probably going to set up a YouTube soon that I'll start pitching. But, oh, I don't know. We're, we're, doing, we're doing Facebook well, so whatever. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Monster Movies. Um... That's pretty, that's pretty much it. I'm very prevalent on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram star. I am an Instagram star. So, um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening again. And until next time, uh, please look forward to the next episode of the Super Divorce Supercast. Enjoy, chefs. Super Divorce.